Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the roll of a 20-sided die, and that's not what we're doing this week. I realized it way too late. <laughs> I'm Jordan, and... I am Cody. I think we just needed a break. You know, we've done like a lot of stuff recently. It's been like 20 episodes since we we've, did Yeah, do we, an we've done 20 episodes before our last deconstruction. So this week, we're going to be doing a deconstruction again, just taking it easy. We did a... come. I mean, I didn't have too much prepared, but first... Cody, how have you been and what have you been up to? Pretty good and Dark Souls. I was going to say, we talked before. It feels like you know what I'm up to because you were mad at me when we tried to start recording and I was getting the covetous gold serpent ring and you got all mad at me because (laughs) I was waiting on you to call me like I never do. (laughs) (laughs) You literally have never done before. You started doing the one that you never do and it's like, okay, Cody. But it's, it's go funny ahead. because now for the like episode descriptions, I've just been writing, and Jordan is angry as always. It's like what it says <laughs> for the last few. It's like, and Jordan's angry. He's like, no, duh. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I picked up Dark Souls again. and Which I'm I, really happy about. I love it so much. I just, uh, it's so much fun. It's challenging in good ways. I am excited about the kind of build that I'm doing right now. What build are you working on? Are you doing quality uh, as usual? It's or no? still like just a quality build, but I got the uh, Boulder Side Sword. Really? And... No, just for people who don't know, what is a quali- quality build? Oh, so a quality build is basically you're splitting your stats evenly between strength and dexterity, and then also vitality and endurance. Um, and... In my case, um, the weapon that I'm going with right now is the Balder Side Sword, and it's probably going to have my secondary weapon being the um, Quelag Fury Sword, um, which I basically use for the sole purpose of killing uh, Gwen at the end, <laughs> because yeah. he's weak to fire. Um, I also, right now I'm using the Knight's Shield, I think, which yeah, is just... Buddy. It's just regular shield. It's not like a, it's not like one of the big great shields, uh, which my first playthrough, I was super turtle man. Like I was turtle. Were you Havel armor? No, 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 no. When I say I was turtle, I mean, I was nude except for a helmet. Because you had the giant shield and a spear. I had the biggest shield that you can get in the game without it being a random drop. So some of the big shields in the game, the great shields, they're like random drops from like the Havel Knights. And I just didn't get one because I didn't know about like wearing the covetous gold serpent ring or having humanity when I was farming. So I didn't get that. So I was using the Eagle Great Shield, which just blocks 100% of incoming damage. And it gives you really good poise. And uh, I just had crazy high stamina, no health. And I think that's it. Like I built, I kind of built the yeah, character. I, rem- wrong, I remember so. you say is like if you got hit once, you were just done. Yeah, yeah. No, my theory was if I get hit, I've already lost the battle. So it really was a build of how long can I keep my shield up? And I was using a halberd because you can strike with a halberd without dropping your shield. Yeah, so I, I, I remember you telling me that. So yeah, I was just full turtle. So so I now you're you're it. now it sounds like you're pretty much doing my strategy of shield sword like. Light yeah. shield, sword, kind of dodging and weaving a little bit more. I'm trying to I'm trying to really keep my parrying chops up because I know it's gonna need to happen at the end of the game. So I'm like, I never just... really parried. I just how did took... you beat Gwen? I took the blunt of it and whacked him a bunch. Jeez, I didn't. I couldn't keep my shield up. Well, for one thing, 
The thing about the eagle shield is blocks no fire damage. So I just died as soon as he touched me. I had yeah. to get a new shield and learn how to parry. Yeah, um, no, I I would. I it was a lot of dodging and just getting behind. Like there wasn't much parrying happening. No, when I when I beat Gwen, I didn't take a hit and I didn't move. I walked in the fog gate and I stood still. I was just like, oh parry, my gosh, stab. no, I. Parry. I was moving. I was moving a lot. It was. It was a lot of. And probably that's probably why the game was so hard because I didn't parry. I just dodged a bunch. You don't need to parry until the last fight. Like the last fight is trivial if you know how to parry and if you have a fireproof. Shield. Honestly, because I did the same. Uh, never mind, because I don't want to spoil anything for you. It's like oh yeah, if you tell me anything about Dark Souls Three, I will stop doing this podcast with you. That'll be <laughs> but it. Like anyways, I so. My thing is, I have been in the same. I'm not interested in what you have to say, Jordan. I want to talk about Dark Souls. I was I'm gonna, just kidding. I was. I'm I, just kidding. Ow! Ow! <laughs> Give you apologize. <laughs> no, I. I really can't. I am wow. a husk. You're I am an empty shell. the devil. <laughs> yes, it's true. Jordan. <laughs> you are an actual. The devil Satan. is a dumpy twenty-something from the Midwest. <laughs> Oof, man. I don't like how true that is. <laughs> you say that, and, like, you're joking about yourself, but the fact that is, like, eh, it's kind of true for, like, everybody. <laughs> I feel like I don't have enough personality to be the devil. You know, like, yeah. I feel like the devil always has, like, a very loud... Oh, yeah, like, no, the, the devil has, like, a um, nat 20 in charisma. Yeah, I don't. I don't have the. Yeah, I don't have the charisma or the presence, and I'm not like grandiose enough. He also you know? has like a weird dexterity, which I don't get. But you know, whatever. Like, I don't think the devil drinks diet coke from a broken like plastic cup that he reuses. You know what I mean? It's like that's he's just classier than that. Oh my god! I would need to be like drinking wine from a skull. The, like, okay, the the amount that we talk about the devil on this podcast is hilarious. Given it's both where of, I'm comfortable, Jordan. It's, where I'm comfortable. it's hilarious given both of our backgrounds. We're just sitting here like Satan. Like, well, I mean, look. My point is, I don't think I'm gonna hurt his feelings, and I don't think he's gonna do anything about it. So he's an easy target. I could say. Anything I want about the devil and no one's going to get their feelings hurt. <laughs> what if we get sued by the Satanists? I would be so mad. It's like, Cody, I told if you, get, the devil if we cares. If sued by the Satanists, I think that would be like the highlight of my life. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, dude, I just wanted to do a podcast and now I'm in court being sued by a bunch of guys in black saying, hail say It's like, oh, guys, leave well, us Jordan, alone. Well, now, Jordan, now you're stereotyping Satan worshippers. We're going to get sued. Like, no, no, we're going to get sued because of me. Ah, crap. <laughs> Anyways, what I've been doing is it, I've been in the same world as you pretty much is I started playing Bloodborne, which is Dark Souls, but no shield and um, set in like a Lovecraftian world. So a lot of tentacle monsters, a lot of vampires, um, werewolves. Tentacle monsters, you say? Uh, dude, I don't like tentacles. I don't like tentacle monsters. Don't give me that look. Cody likes tentacle monsters. Uh, shut up, dude. I just... Dude, don't do that at the microphone, man. We're, we're a professional podcast. <laughs> Jordan, did I tell you the worst thing that's ever happened to I'm me? I'm glad you didn't care what I've been doing at all. No, this is You're funny, a prick. though. <laughs> No, this is funny, though. Hang on. Let me make my joke, and then we can talk about Bloodborne. The game that I... At least you get to play Bloodborne. I don't get the joy, all right? I can't play it. I won't buy a console. They're too expensive. They're stupid. Is it, wait, Anyways. Bloodborne's not on Steam? No, 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 oh. no, no. That's PlayStation exclusive, just like Demon's Souls. It oh, is garbage. Oh, I didn't know it was exclusive. Huh. Yeah, freaking From Software sellouts. Thank you for making Sekiro 
Demons Die Twice or whatever. Shadows Die Twice. I'm so excited to play that game. I'm very excited to play it. But no, okay, so you remember that time a while back that I said that I had a fetish for Hexadecimal from Reboot? Yes, Cody. What about Hexadecimal from Reboot? Well, nothing. One of my friends started listening to this podcast and told all of my <laughs> other friends that I said, I have a thing for Hexadecimal. What, what's and this friend's name? Because I, I like this person. I like this person a uh, lot. It, it was Diana. She's it was great. Diana. Can, Diana, can you if you're her- listening to this, thank you for telling all of my friends that I'm into Hexadecimal. Diana, I appreciate you as a human being. And but also thank you for th- listening to our podcast. Thank you I for ruining Cody's feedback. life. And whatever else you can do to ruin Cody's life, please continue. Because you are it now... It just means now I can't... Of the fans that we up- have, like the fans that we I talk to, like Diana might be my favorite now because she's ruining your life. <laughs> I'm sure she'll be pleased to hear that if she listens to this She episode. probably won't get here. It's a little Easter egg for you if you listen to it. Anyways, I'll just send it so to her Bloodborne. and be like, "Thank you, Diana. You're awesome." <laughs> okay, Jordan. This is what confuses me about Bloodborne. Yeah, what's up? You don't have a shield, and it, it intimidates me because it's very intimidating. I am a big baby in Blood in Dark you, Souls. I am a shield man. That's why I think you would be better doing the Dark Souls and doing Sekiro because you don't get a shield. It's all about maneuvering and parrying with the gun you have. I'm awful at parrying with the gun I have, but somehow for the um, first real boss, Father Gascoigne, I managed to get a good parry and then do the visceral strike, which is like the heavy attack where it's like shows the animation of you doing like a stab to the chest or something, whatever it is. And it's just, yeah. so I managed to pull off that parry like right before he killed me. And I was like, okay, I'm glad that at the last second I figured out when to hit him with the gun. But yeah, it's just- I, I love that thing though, when you're playing any Souls game and you're like, almost dead and you see their health like drop to the point where you're like ah i just gotta just gotta scared stab and hope i yeah, don't get one more you hit when, you're, like, when my hands get all sweaty and the controller actually starts shaking back and forth because my whole body yeah. shaking it's like oh, all i have to do all i have to do is hit him i just have to hit him once i just had to hit him once oh my gosh oh my gosh just gonna, ah, i died yep yeah no yep. that that's that is what dark souls is all about and but, but you know what makes me mad what's up? okay sorry no, i gotta no, complain about up? dark souls real what's quick up? so um, last time I talked to you, I was fighting the gaping dragon. Oh, jeez. Past that part now, that, right? That was, like, one um, of the monsters in that that, like, really freaked me out. I forgot the easy mode for that fight. You cut the tail off. I forgot to cut the tail off, so that means I didn't get the cool item drop, and the fight was hard, because I couldn't stand next to its butt and just poke it in the butt, because it slaps you with its stupid tail. Forgot to cut the tail off. Man. No, no what like, what legitimately, the gaping dragon, like, seriously... I don't know what it is yeah, about it, was but a nightmare. it actually just like makes me shake every time I see that just that just toothy, disgusting, pretty much vagina. Yeah, it's like ripped itself apart. Yeah, like all like ripped up and like yeah, ripped it's teeth. Basically, the sequel to the movie Teeth. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, just a lot worse. <laughs> just a lot I also worse. like the I like the fake out because I didn't know anything about the game when I started playing it. I actually don't remember how I started playing it. Like I don't remember what made me want to start playing the game. Um, I can tell you that it was Holden and the rest of Cave Comedy Radio that got me into um, Dark Souls because I kept talking about it like on every one of their podcasts. I talked to you about it a bunch. Bef- mm, I'm hurt now. I'm hurt. 
I told you about that game before they did. Barely. You didn't you listen. You barely to told me about it. You ba- I didn't no, even know fine. what it was. You're just like, oh yeah, you're a knight and you get to run about it. So I was like, okay, I'll check it out eventually. I'm a knight of nothing, Jordan. And then, I am the bringer of the end times. And then literally, like, everybody else is like, oh yeah, Dark Souls this. It's like, it's all about strategy, this, this, this. I'm like, it's a cool world. It's like, okay, I'll check it out because it's a cool world. It Well, yeah, it's an interesting It's a very, sure. like... I like the whole dark fantasy aesthetic they got going on. Yeah, and they did it right, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I like the tease on that one, because it's like it looks like a little like snake or something slithers up, you know? <sighs> or, and then it's like, oh, it's a crocodile. And then you're like, oh, it's got some teeth. Then you're like, oh, oh God, no! it's Satan. Oh, no, it just keeps going. Seriously, that's the one thing that just skeeves me out, is just that dragon. It's, Isn't there a freaking eyeball monster in Bloodborne? I have. I've only beaten the first boss, and yes, I do know what you're talking about because oh. I looked up a bunch of the bosses. Because I don't care about spoilers, since it's really not spoilers when all of the lore you have to read your own on your own. Well, that's true. It's more about the like feeling. The it's right the feeling, way the right and it's world. the presence of the monsters that I really appreciate. Anyways, we yeah. have a show to get to, Cody. Oh, uh, can I make one more point? Hey, Cody, do you remember what was our last deconstruction episode? <laughs> Can I make one more yeah. one more little point about Dark Souls? Go ahead. Jordan, I forgot my point in all the laughter. I forgot what I was... There was something I wanted okay, to say. Okay, anyways, Cody, what was the last of deconstruction? I lost it. Um, okay, I'll just be easy on you. It, I, I'm pretty sure <laughs> it was anime and then magic and science, but one of those episodes got deleted because my audio just, like, crapped out because my... Um, what?! Yeah. You deleted my solid gold Cody, voice. Cody, you knew about this. <laughs> I probably forgot. No, because yeah, no, we have what we only we have you. only lost one episode is because my um soundboard broke. Like well in the two episodes. Two. Hero World. Oh, well that one doesn't count because we still performed it in front of an audience. Yeah, but we don't have it for posterity. Anyways, so this week we're gonna be talking a little bit about like, you know, just I wanted to talk about, like, remakes in general, gritty remakes, the whole idea of, like, this whole gritty, dark world that we have going on, and pretty much what's the point of all that? Cody, what did you expect to talk about during this? Well, I mean, I like how much you had to, like, word salad around saying we're talking about gritty reboots, which is like a concise turn for what we're talking about. Okay, Cody, way to point out my... Roll your eyes at me harder, Jordan, I dare you. Anyways... I wanted to talk about two movies, or really a franchise and a movie. Okay, sure. That are both technically gritty reboots. I also have two movies uh, I want to talk about, but you can do yours first. Well, it's a discussion. We are, you know, well, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, but a like, and give you, you start the discussion because I had, like, I told you the questions and stuff that I wanted to hit. So, yeah. So the two that, because I, I was trying to think about. Okay, I know some bad gritty reboots, and I may be taking the obvious one by saying like uh, Superman: Dawn of Justice, right? Like that's the that's the low hanging fruit. Of Superman: a bad, gritty Dawn reboot. of Justice. What? Yeah, I think you. How have you not? I think you got your titles wrong, buddy. Is it not Superman: Dawn of Justice? I think it's Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. Oh, for the love of God! Sorry, the title's a book. Batman versus Superman, like, Dawn of Justice. Because it's Man of Steel, right. then it's Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, then it's Justice League. You said Dawn of Justice, I'm like, what movie did I... Are you talking about, like, Superman Returns? What's happening? <laughs> no, sorry. Batman versus Superman, Yeah, you took the, You Dawn literally took the easiest pick out of all gritty I, movies. I picked a low-hanging fruit for a good reason. Yeah, and then you hit it with a baseball bat. I'm going to compare it 
Because I'm going to compare it to a gritty reboot that I think is an excellent movie. Jordan, can you guess my excellent gritty reboot? I don't know, but it probably has something to do with Hellboy. It doesn't. No, 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 no. I'm sure the new Hellboy movie is We're gonna both going to see it this weekend, and we're both going to be disappointed. If it's great, I'm going to be eating my words. But right now, my theory is that movie's going to suck. It looks bad. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily think it looks bad. But somehow, I doubt they're going to capture the nuance of the character. They never Hellboy do. They literally don't capture the his... nuance. And that's one of the things I want to talk about in all this remaking stuff. So anyways, what's the movie, Cody? We've talked about it before. I want you to give me like one guess at a gritty reboot that you think might actually be good. Oh, gosh. Um, I No, I know there's a specific one you always bring up. Crap. What's that? I, what? What? Just tell me what it is, because I'm not going to get it. It's Mad Max. Oh, a gosh. That I think is excellent. Okay, you. Okay, you picked. It's you great. picked the worst movie, and you picked the best movie to talk about during I this episode. Did, you picked the two I bookends. Did the bookends. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad we said the same thing. Good job. It just so happens that halfway across the bookshelf, it ends. There's a huge gap, and then Mad, and Mad Max, Max is just leaning the against the other side it. of the bookshelf, it's just like by itself. And in the good movie section that are gritty reboots, because it's the only one that exists, I think. Yeah, um, I think you're right. The ones, really quickly, the ones I wanted to talk about were The Mummy and Fantastic Four. Oh. But I. Gosh, screw you. I picked oh, the so, worst of the worst. The Mummy's the low hanging fruit. It's the low. Holy it's crap. literally just on the ground, it's not even hanging. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. But anyways, what do you want to what do you want to talk about with Batman versus Superman? Because we did a little bit of this on the episode, like an episode, a couple episodes ago. Wow, a couple. We episodes did. Ago. We did. So I'm. Not, I don't want to like delve too deep into the technical aspects of why every DC movie except Wonder Woman in recent years has been hot garbage. Because I think we all know that those movies is hot. Garbage. So one thing I wanted to bring uh, up is: does every gritty reboot do, do they all have to have that same like dark like overlay like the film itself is dark not like the content well, the film itself is dark like a lot of them use that like dark blue navy tone a lot yeah but i noticed that's that, a lot with so fantastic that Four. i attribute that i attribute more to uh zack snyder well fantastic four is technically marvel yeah. isn't it it's just owned by sony yeah it's owned by sony that one i don't have a good answer for but um Zack snyder when i've i've watched like all of the those movies just because i enjoy because he's the worst um, human being i think there's some stuff wrong with him that i don't necessarily know looking at him as a filmmaker and like his visuals i think he's like kind of good at making like or directing he like a digital painting well, what i feel like there is that he takes a an image of sometimes a really great image and then he makes a movie around it not necessarily caring about what any of the in-between stuff means but it feels like the movie is made up of these good moments that are completely out of context like there's like this good moment with batman and then there's garbage and then there's like this very visually pleasing scene with wonder woman kneeling in a field of ash and then there's like nothing and then there's this really good scene where, like, I I keep saying Iron Man, but Superman is, like, saying something about Martha. And then there's garbage, you know? And it's, like, he's good at these little moments. They just don't string together to make a movie. Yeah. Um, but the reason I picked these two is because of the prevailing sense of cynicism. Okay. Um, I think that the 
DC movies barring Wonder Woman. So just understand in this case, I think Wonder Woman's actually really good. Oh, Wonder Woman's fantastic. And before this before this cup broke, this was a Wonder Woman cup. I mean, broke, I so now almost it's a started cup. crying during Wonder Woman just because of one of the scenes of that. I just like, holy crap, this movie's good. Thought it was excellent. Perfect. But it was not a cynical no. movie when looking at humanity. Oh, I see what you're I saying. Think that, I think that the hallmark of the modern DC movie is a cynical outlook on being a person. Um, and I think that is the appeal of these gritty rebooted movies is that they take something that had this sense of optimism and adventure and they try to go like, okay, well, we don't believe in that anymore. And so now we have to make the opposite. So we make like the inverse of the Indiana Jones movies where they're not about the triumph of like humanity or like striving to achieve a goal. They're about these like gods being the biggest monsters of all and not caring about humanity and being consumed with themselves and humanity not being able to understand them. But the thing is, that's not what Superman is about. They've only recently put as like, oh, he's a god who's like, what happens when the god decides to turn on man type thing? It's just, they just recently, like, by recently, I mean, like, the last 10, 20 years. Like, Superman's been around since, what, the 50s? Yeah. yeah so, like, recently... Uh, I think before yeah, that. But recently, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, been a long that time. twist because Superman was just a hero. He's, a, like, a point of hope. And now they're putting this whole god-devil thing with him and Lex Luthor. And we don't really need it. We're getting a lot of just crap that didn't ever exist in it. That's not what Superman's about. He's about saving people. He's the guy who stops what he's doing and makes sure that everybody's okay before going and stopping a villain. He doesn't punch people through buildings. No. He takes a person outside of the city to fight them because punching a person through a building kills thousands of people. And they tried, like, so they did that in Man of Steel and they tried to go into Batman versus Superman. That whole thing of him destroying the city through that fight being, like, a main plot point. But it's like, that didn't have to be a thing if you didn't make stupid choices in your first movie. Well, and the... Sorry, I I just uh, really hate, hate going... Like, because when I saw Batman vs. Superman, I had no expectations. And then going into the movie theaters, I thought it was fine. Then I tried to watch it again and I realized that it's absolute crap. It's Yeah, it's very bad. Like, the the part of it that, bu- that bugged me the most, yeah. right? Um, so in the movie, at the beginning, a guy gets his legs cut off um, while Superman is destroying the world with Lex Luthor. And Bruce Wayne finds this guy, right? And that moment is like the catalyst that makes Bruce Wayne decide he has to kill Superman. Because Superman kind of is responsible for all of this death. Being fair, Superman is responsible for all this death. Yeah, because he punched a dude through a building. Not one building, multiple buildings. (laughs) Like a city. He just destroyed it. And then they put up a monument of him, which... uh, Okay. Um, But that guy then, later in the movie is just like a shell of a man. He's completely broken. But the the conceit of his character is that he works for Wayne Tech or Wayne Co. Like, he's supposed to work for Bruce yeah. Wayne. And I'm like, okay, here's... And this is, like, a little bit mean, but it's it's an important thing when looking at this movie. Bruce Wayne doesn't save this guy. Bruce Wayne sees this guy who is destroyed by this event... And then, as his employer apparently lets his health insurance lap, gives him no workman's comp, just lets him suffer for years after this happens. He just lets him fall apart. Like, the guy is in, like, a nice business suit. He looks well put together. 
And then in this, in like the later part of the movie, he, for one thing, becomes suicidal and like kills himself to blow up people that don't even hurt Superman. But he's like living in poverty now. He's all like dirty. He's depressed. And I'm like, there, like, that's a thing that happens to people. And there is a way to come back from that. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, so Batman's the type of boss that just doesn't care about his wounded employees that got hurt while at work and just lets them be like, well, I got to go avenge this guy, but I'm not going to help him now. Was, like, screw I, that guy. Vengeance is I sexy. Honestly, like, I think heck? that there was some subplot in there that's like, there was a reason that Bruce Wayne, like, I think he was sending him checks or whatever, but there was a reason, like, Lex Luthor planned it that that guy didn't get the checks. They had some subplot, but I see what you're saying. It's a stupid movie. It just it just frustrates me the way that that was done and handled and like the way that character behaved because it was just so hopeless. Um, and that's just the way like Superman behaves in those movies is like the point of the movies to me is to show that like any attempt at heroism is just ultimately doomed. You know, it's like don't even bother being a Superman or a Batman because it just destroys the world more because that's all it's done so far. Like nothing's good's come of yeah, this it, um, that's not what superheroing is about so we go and we make this reboot and we miss the the point <laughs> we miss the whole point of why these things like matter to people like why what so jeez, uh, i don't even know what to say about it it's like why does why did we go down this route why does this start is really what i was like why did we take something that was supposed to be full of hope? These two characters are supposed to be full of hope, supposed to protect the people. Batman's supposed to be a detective, while um, Superman's supposed to be, like, you know, the savior type character. And then we take it and we make it this whole thing. It's like, oh, now we have to make these two fight because one is God and the other one is represents man and blah, blah, blah. And it's like this whole cynical, you know, we don't really do heroing in this movie. We just beat the crap out of each other because heroes have to fight. Yeah, they don't save each other. It's just the fight of egos yeah. for no reason. So, like, um, why is which this Which I thing, think though? is, like, can't... So, culture's a pendulum, right? It swings yeah, back and forth. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think it's very true, though, that what we're seeing, like, what these movies are is a knee-jerk reaction to something that came before them. You see an optimistic superhero movie, and we want to do something edgy. So then we make a. Did you cut your no, thumb off I did with not pliers? Cut my thumb off with pliers. My, just, my thumb I, and my finger are still here. Keep talking, you idiot. I just saw that look on the face as you were like dicking around with pliers, and then I saw the oh no look on your face. The oh no look when I stabbed myself in the fingers. It's like oh, I hope I didn't break skin. I didn't. I'm fine. Continue talking. Um. So, you know, it swings back and forth, but I think the, like, lack of introspection is what is so frustrating about these movies. Like, in the 90s, making a movie that was just, like, bright-eyed and stupid was just as frustrating. You know what I mean? Um, you know, making something completely unrealistic and completely detached from any sense of, like, human struggle is also a frustrating thing to have to see over and over and over again, you know? Um, so there was but, counterexamples but the thing to this, is, you know what I mean? We are already in, like, decently dark times, and we're just getting, we're just looking in a mirror at it because of the well, reboots. 
Right, and that's like, uh, so... I didn't mean to derail your point. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, I guess there is like a brutal milestone for a possibility of why this is, which is um, like the bombing of the Twin Towers um, is a lot of where specifically the imagery suddenly became resonant of like cities getting destroyed in mass is because that actually became something that like was i don't want to say a pinnacle but like a it was something momentous in our culture right it was a thing to reference so now all these movies that blow up cities that's what they're invoking that's the idea that they're coming from right is this like tragic event and the confusion that comes from it the problem is that to me and like the cynical view on it is that we're stuck in it like dc movies are not moving past that to something else in our culture they're stuck just playing that same story on reboot or on on repeat or on reboot yeah (laughs) you know like that is now the story of all of these movies and it's which is the only way they broke away from that was setting the movie during World War One, and Wonder Woman. Well, and that's the thing, is like, none of this subject matter I think should be off limits or taboo or shouldn't be handled in a comic book movie. Like, the reason Wonder Woman was a good movie is that it recognized, like, the ability for humanity to exist and encouraged it. Wonder Woman was a hero not just because she, like, ran at tanks and saved people, which was a nice thing to watch someone do... But also because she uplifted the people around her. She made the people near her better yeah. people. And that is, I think, what is missed in a lot of these, like, superhero movies is they just aren't. Like, a hero isn't just punching things better. Yes. Like, a hero is making the world a better place, you know? And punching stuff can do that sometimes. Like, that is a point in like these hero movies where you like, you know, they have to do brave and heroic things that require struggle, but that's not it. The, the acts of violence are not enough to make you a hero. The reason for them is what matters. And I guess I get that. That's the tension, right? Of these movies is that it's like Batman and Superman have to learn how to work together and put aside their differences to save the city. But it could have been done in a different way that did it. A, the whole reason they were fighting didn't make sense, and B, no, I mean it, it was, was very poorly done. done. Like, like so, we it was pitiful. They could have done it in better ways. Like, oh, they have to learn to work together. Okay, they have them like try to save something together, realize that they don't have the same style of saying things. Someone, and then like they come together. Like the whole oh, Batman's now marking people pretty much for the death penalty, like by giving them the bat, like whatever the um brand, I guess you can call it. And they would get destroyed yeah. in prison. And like that could th- that was stupid and really dark, but that could have been a thing like, okay, we disagree on this, but we still want to help Gotham not Gotham, sorry, the whatever area that they're in. They there there are a right. hundred better ways they could have done any of that. Right. Yeah, I mean I totally agree. And the moat I don't know, it's just like the characters don't make the people around them any no. better. No one's better as a result of knowing no. Superman. Like, the world doesn't get better because Batman is It got is continually there. You know, it worse, worse throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Which I get is kind of like the edgy point that they're trying to make. That it's like, these heroes aren't even heroes. But it's like, I'm just not impressed by that. It's easy to say. 
Like, we all know wanton violence is a bad thing. Um, that, But you can only make that point so many times before we get it. Um, so then the flip side of this movie to me, right, is Mad Max. Which, to me, is a movie that, like, believes in people being able to be heroes. <laughs> even when they're, like, horrible and abused and broken and ripped apart. Like, there's still these little sparks of humanity and decency throughout that movie. Even though it's a horrible, brutal world that these people are living in, it is entirely like a gritty reboot world, you know, where everything is terrible. These people still manage to care about each other. And it's those things that make it an uplifting movie, despite the fact that it is set in a gritty environment. Like... The genre itself, the tone itself, there's nothing wrong with it. It's being conscious about what the movie says about people and what the movie says about ourselves. You know, like in some ways, these are reflective of the views of the author. And I think Mad Max considers people much better than any of the like DC movies that are just like, well... People suck. (laughs) You know, it's just like everyone's Mad Max works because every like I hear the complaint that about what I'm about to say is like Mad Max worked because it was a handful of characters all close quarters the whole time. So we got to know without very many lines, just just by watching how the characters interacted, even just moving, talking, sitting next to each other. We got to see so much story from all this happened. And it was a very just well put together movie just in close quarters. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, it had no point. There wasn't many scenes in the movie. It just ran from start to finish. Yeah, it's like, whatever. But they did more with those, what, six characters in that movie? Even, even yeah. with the bad guy, they did more with the bad guy in Mad Max than they did the entire Batman, Superman, and even Justice League. To me, the point of the movie was like, I don't. So Nux yes. was the driver that ends up like stuck with them. Like the one moment where sh- someone shows him a moment of human compassion. Yeah. Like you don't even need dialogue there. The point is that despite the fact that he was a violent person, despite the fact that he had hurt people, that did not mean that he did not deserve the slightest bit of compassion from yeah. somebody. And it's like those little human moments. Like. Those tiny little bits are what give the movie weight and what makes you care. And also what makes these characters heroes, you know? Like, Mad Max is not a hero because he drives a fast car. He's a hero because he helped them. And he really had no stake in the game at all. Because he could have just took his car and drove the heck out. No, he could have just left. It didn't matter. And he helped them. And just... Like, it's such... I keep, like, pausing a lot because I'm thinking about how much of a better movie it is than freaking Batman and Superman because it's just, yeah, it's from, I mean, there was, I think everybody complained. I'm doing a lot of talking for myself, but there, there was a lot of complaints that like Mad Max only had like 20 lines in the movie. Like he barely did. talked in the movie. And it was like, Oh, he's the hero. He needs to talk more. Yeah. But we saw so much about him in those 20 or so lines. Well, and also being totally fair, he wasn't the hero. Yeah, Furious I mean, was, yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, and then there was the whole thing. It's like, oh, why is a woman taking charge in that whole like we can get to the incel idiots, but we don't have to. You're you're idiots. Come at I me, mean, bro. I mean, it's just so it's such a it's such a pitiful point. Why even bother? the The point is that 
Mad Max is a vehicle into that world. Like Furiosa is the one that did something. Mad Max he, was he there. Was, to he be was a, a supporting to character thing. pretty much in his own movie, which is fine. Which is which is how Mad but Max always is. One thing is, I like, liked about it is that we learned so much about Furiosa, and we learned like just her whole character just by seeing things. We learned that like she, yeah, she's missing an arm, but that's not a huge deal. It's just part of her character because they never once bring up it's like, oh. I had this tragic incident when I was a kid and I no, it's just she has a missing arm and she's still awesome with it and it's just part of who she is. Cause by because she's yeah. however old in this movie, and by this time she's learned to live with missing an arm. So we don't have to go through long backstories yeah. and have her crying about her missing arm. We just know this character's missing an arm, but she's dealt with it. She's learned how to deal with it. She's strong not be like she's strong and missing arm doesn't affect her and like right the fact is i love where she like punches mad max in the face with her missing arm like she hits him with the <laughs> stub and i was like oh snap <laughs> it, uh yeah but those it's a fantastic movie it is I have a lot of people who don't it's like it because not a it's cynical one. not the whole, we don't get the normal progression of a regular movie. Well, right. I mean, kind of, yes and no, but I, I think it's an uncomfortable movie because there is a lot of silence and there is a lot of, it's a very visually indicated yeah, which movie. Which I feel like, sorry for blind It doesn't people. tell you a lot. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, I mean, that's fair, but... It doesn't tell you a lot of story. It shows it to you, and you have to be watching to pick up on it. And showing, not telling, is the biggest thing in movies. I yeah. want to be shown why I should care about these characters. You don't have to tell me you should care about this character yeah. because he's so-and-so from this era. It's like, no, show me. Show me what this character can do. Don't just exposition your way into a good movie. Well, and that's that's like the thing, like I was saying about like the War Boys, and why I think that's such an interesting way of showing those characters is that you never really get told like explicitly why the war boys are super violent and why Nux behaves the way that he does. But you can tell by his interactions, like he does not consider violence to be a bad thing because he doesn't understand that yes. there's a difference. Nux himself is not a vicious person. He's misled his whole life. You know what I mean? And it makes you understand these characters. Yeah, and that's that's become the norm. The violence has become the norm for life. Right. Like, it's just like, whatever, we hurt people. That's that's what being alive is. And it's not until he's shown something else, and as soon as he is, he's immediately drawn to humanity. <laughs> like, immediately this character can be yeah. saved, you know? And I loved that, that this person that at the start of the movie is shown as, like, the crazy berserker guy is, like, the most relatable character later yeah. on, you know, he just desires to be loved by yeah. anything because he has never been. And that's such a good story. And he should never be in another X-Men movie again. Was he in an X-Men movie? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's the beast in the like all of the. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, yeah he is. <laughs> Oh, he's, sorry, Beast. The X-Men movie. Yeah, oh, that's that a, movie was It's bad. not really a gritty reboot, but that's just a gritty series that just needs to end. The Dark Phoenix movie looks abysmal. It looks so bad because we're trying to do this gritty tone. And so that's kind of the questions that I wanted to hit before I talk about my stuff really good. It's just like, what makes something gritty? It's like, what is it about these that makes it gritty? It's like, And is gritty something that we're drawn to? I, I think there's a place for it. So... 
Like I said, I loved the movie Mad Max. I think it's great. It's an excellent movie. It is gritty. There's nothing wrong with a gritty movie. What there's something wrong with is being cynical, out of hand, about being a person. Like, all of these, a lot, I shouldn't say all because of Mad Max, but a lot of these movies are very self-loathing. Yes. Like, no one's happy with themselves or with the notion of their being heroes or being good people. Oh my people. god! See that ties it's, so it much into passe. Fantastic Four, though, because that everybody in that movie. Have you seen the new Fantastic Four reboot? The one that's like three years old. Yeah, the one that like just came out. Yes. Yeah. 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 Everybody yeah, one, yeah, in that movie is miserable. Garbage. They're all yeah. miserable. They all hate themselves. They don't do a lick of heroing the entire time. You're. A yeah, superhero movie, monster. and you fight another monster, but they don't save anybody. They don't use their powers for good. They just fight another person who has also gained his powers and became cynical being left in that zone for so long. But just everybody was miserable. The whole thing was miserable. It had that dark overtone that I talked about where it had that navy blue overtone the whole entire time. It was just, what in the world? So it was like, is that what makes something gritty? Is just like the tone that they bring in? Like the... The well, making everybody yeah, like, miserable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, gritty is an aesthetic. It's not a. It's not a thesis. Okay. Like, um, and so it's kind of like a counterpoint to this, right? Is the first X Men movie, which the original X Men movies maybe a little rough. Not gonna argue Ugh. that. Ugh. But, um, the first X Men movie, there's like scenes where the two the good guy and the super evil bad guy sit in a room and talk to each other that's fantastic about how they are both desperately trying to do the right thing yeah like magneto doesn't want to fight he feels like he has to for very good reason you know what i mean that movie acknowledges even in these horrible villains it's still a movie about a person's just like i feel like i have to like there's no other way around this you know like there's just it's confused not because everyone's morally ambiguous. It's confused because everyone's a good person in that movie, you know? But it is like the kind of juxtaposition of having Magneto is basically Malcolm X while Xavier is basically Martin Luther King. One wants to do the peaceful oh, way yeah. and the other one wants to, like, no, we need our rights and we need them now. And it doesn't matter no, I, who I, don't I cut down unfair. to get there, but we need our rights because we have been treated so badly so often. But anyways, we're off on a tangent. But just so like kind of. No, I don't think that's an unfair. I don't necessarily think you should cut oh, that. Okay. Like, I don't think that's an unfair comparison to make between the two okay. characters. Like at the time when this when the was because were written, of all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, let me tell you, it wasn't actually about mutants. Wait, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm a mutant because my skin's black. That person's a mutant because they're okay. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it. I get uh, it. But yeah. just, so like things I wrote down, and I want to know if you agree, things that I wrote down that make something gritty is violence, a dark overtone, um, and, oh yeah, sorry, a melancholic dark overtone, and then like an ending or some kind of ending that just like leaves you at a sour spot. Um... Well, I guess then that would make Mad Max, that would make Mad Max not gritty because the end of Mad Max is very uplifting because it believes that people are humans and that they deserve to live. I personally would like, I think about, I don't think of Mad Max as like actually gritty. 
I, I don't I, I don't know when I when I when someone says gritty the movies I think about are all these movies that are pretty much just shot at night like Batman vs Superman Fantastic Four Hellboy looks gritty because it's like all dark well, he's like riding around in fire like is basically those movies are just hot garbage and is just the like, thing. well like, the, and, the and thing. then another one I mean this is also a hot garbage movie but the Mummy was a gritty reboot and the like the Mummy yeah. with Tom Cruise I thought because it's like we have this weird gratuitous violence, but then not really because they don't show much. But they made it dark. They like made it a little bit more gory, and like everything's dark. He basically gets possessed. You've seen it, right? I'm not spoiling anything. He gets yeah, possessed yeah, yeah. by the yeah. devil well, at the very. Spoiled. He gets possessed by the <laughs> devil at the very end, and it's just like this whole the whole time it's dark, and then like we have Jekyll and Hyde for no reason being all dark, and ah, oh, yes, like look at this vampire skull that I have because I killed a vampire, but it's just like. It, they had this whole, like I said, the dark overtone throughout, which, like, they tried to make it almost horror, but not really, because then, again, you didn't show too much to be horror. Well, and that's what I mean about, to me, saying something is a gritty movie is is really just an indicator of the aesthetic of the movie. So, like, for sure, the new Mummy and all of the DC movies and the, um, what's it called, the... Uh, Sorry, Fantastic Four movie. They're gritty because, yeah, they're all shot in the dark. They're brutal. Um, the sub Really quick. Yeah. What do you call Fantastic Beasts and where to find them gritty? Based off what you're saying. Eh. I was sorry. Crimes it of Grindelwald. Has a specifically, bit... specifically Crimes of Grindelwald. Okay, this is mean. That movie was so bad, I don't know that it had an aesthetic. I, see, but so... based on what you're saying, I would say that it was gritty based off of that. I would say 50% of it is, and then the other 50% of the time, the main character's on the screen, and it stops being a gritty movie because he's a clown shoes idiot. <laughs> so, the movie's so bad, it doesn't have a tone. You know, I'll give Zack Snyder this. When you see his movie, you know it's a Zack Snyder yes, you movie. Do. When I saw fan the second Fantastic Beast movie, I couldn't tell what I was watching because I was having to read the Wikipedia while I watched it because it was that bad. But I, I think you're right that it has that similar, like, oh, we got to be edgy, and being edgy means good. The The issue is that the aesthetic takes a front seat to having an interesting idea in yes. the movie. Mad Max is a good movie because it says something interesting about people, yes. and it shows good emotional moments for these people. You feel what the they're feeling while the movie though? is going on. Yeah, it is. It is. But that doesn't mean it's bad. Because here's the thing. You brought up Hellboy, the new Hellboy movie that we both agreed is going to suck. The comic books are dark and gritty. They're brutal. Bad things happen. He's the son of the devil. He goes to hell at one point. It's a, it's a brutal story. It is so uplifting at the end, in a way. It has a very quiet, peaceful ending that I think has something interesting to say about the character Hellboy. It had an emotional end that felt resonant and appropriate. That's because it's a well-done thing. Like, gritty stuff can be good. The problem is, gritty has become the shorthand for, like, edgy equals good. You know what I mean? Make it darker, that means it's better. It's not better because it's a dark movie. You have to make a good movie still. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that that's kind of what I've been running into because a lot of the things that I'm watching are gritty, this darker, edgy thing. And it's like... I grew out of my edgelord phase in high school. Yeah, right. Like, I like, I like, one of my favorite genres is horror. I like dark. I like brutal. Yeah. But we're going to these things where everything has to be edgy and just like, 
dark for dark's sake and not a good story. And it's just, it's ugh. like, hey, you want to know another gritty movie? This one's kind of fun. Do, wait, mm, I can't remember. Are you one of my friends that doesn't like Westerns or just hasn't watched a lot of them? I just haven't watched a lot of them. Okay, so two of the best Westerns I've ever seen. Well, now I should really say three. Um, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs is amazing. You I should watch it. it. Um, but True Grit, the second one, well, really the third one, is actually itself a gritty reboot. Did we see that together? Uh, I don't know. Maybe we did. I, I forget had... who I saw it with, but I, no, I don't, no, no, it wasn't you. Never mind. Sorry. Did you see it though? <laughs> yeah, I saw it. I saw it in theaters. That was an excellent, for one thing, Western, and for another yeah. thing, gritty movie. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. And the thing is, it handled the result of violence really well. It had oh something gosh, yeah. smart to say about people that do violence regularly, what they become, but also the need to take action and feeling that need. Like this girl, this little girl is motivated by vengeance through this yes. whole movie and it ends up losing her her arm and almost getting her friends killed. Yes. You know? <laughs> And it's like, it's not an uplifting story. It's not one that makes you want to go out and punch people. But it's a true story about what violence and what vengeance can drive you to do and become. But it's also a story about how hard people are willing to struggle for people that they care about. You know, it's it's got duality to it, but it handles it with nuance. You know what I mean? Like, So it's what makes a good... A gritty movie good is it has some sort of message that's not just, ah, we're dark. I think it's what makes any movie good is the, is having some sort the of message thesis and theme of the movie support each other. And there are moments that feel emotionally appropriate. The feeling of the movie builds correctly to something that makes you feel anything beyond bored. Or like you're being talked down to, which is, I think, kind of the state of most of these movies. I see your point. And just, so what is the point of being gritty? Like I said, I think for some things it's just a shorthand for being good. Like, being bright-eyed and optimistic is seen as being stupid. Like, So, so the point of being gritty is to kind of like offset of what we've kind of had in the 90s of oh everything's happy and now we're gonna offset it so that's the point we want to make gritty because people are kind of at that point where not everything is beautiful and perfect yeah i mean you can see this split happen throughout history like these flips in culture um between like cynicism and not like honestly if you want to know the last time we made a bunch of dark movies like this well i'm sure it happened other times but watch film noir holy Ooh. crap Everything's terrible. Yeah. You want to know why? Because it was about people coming back from World War II and founding out their lives were wrecked. Yeah. That movie is about yeah, yeah, yeah. veterans that come back to broken homes. That's what the movies are about. You know, they're they're miserable, miserable movies. Because yeah. returning from a war is not an easy thing. Um, and the you, you know, really quick, I just... I just want to say, I hate these episodes because I'm sitting here and I'm learning stuff and you're just like having a good conversation. I'm sitting here like, I should be taking notes on this. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, so I have a habit to lecture. It's not always. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I love it. I'm just saying I hate it because like I just sound like, oh yeah, what's the deal with all these gritty movies? And you're like, well, here's the deal and here's why this happens. I'm just like, oh my gosh, why don't I know this? <laughs> well, because... I like film, and like I got to the point in life where I actually want to learn more about films, and like actually want to 
to a point study them and yeah. like this kind of conversation is the kind of conversation that i like to have about films because yeah I like also going to movies and just enjoying them because it's a movie, but I also like to start some movies to sit there and think, like, why do I think that's good? Why was that good? Yeah. Why was that well, bad? <laughs> and honestly, I think the gritty movie that you brought up, The Mummy, is a great one to look at because of how close around a major, like, historic event in our country those two movies are. Like you have, oh yes, the original. We talked about this before. The original one you see, um, looking at like the Muslim as the hero, yeah, and then we see he's it in like seen as a mystic paladin. He's yeah, he's like the good, the goodest good guy because we all thought that they were like from Aladdin. That was the that was the portrayal, you know. <gasps> yeah, because and then we're that all racist. Changed. And and honestly, like I think when we talked about that, I don't know if the second mummy had come out, but then of course, appropriately your hero character is the one who's at war in the Middle East, you know? He's, like, practically yes. in the Crusades. And it's, like, how screwed up that... Like, it's an easy flip to see around, like, this movie came out in 1999, this one came out in, what, 2000... In 2017, and it's, like, you can see the way we view an adventure story change and what we think of as a hero and what we think of all of these different things. It's really like, it's meant to take the temperature, right? But yeah, they're, I, they're mystic paladins in this one sucked, by the way. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the whole movie's garbage, but I loved the first mummy. Like that's one of my favorite movies. I still watch it. Cause it's just a fun adventure movie. It is. It, and they were real. Honestly, I like all three of the original mummy movies. All three. I mean, cur Are the curse three? of the, the dragon emperor with um, Jet Li. Oh, I actually like that movie. Is Jet because Lee in that movie? Yes, he's the I Dragon Emperor. I didn't know that. But it's just such a ridiculous adventure movie. That's why I like it, because it's stupid, but it's fun. And it's, yep. it's not dark, it's exciting. And you have moments of Jet Lee like, somehow struggling to fight these stupid Americans that don't know martial arts. <laughs> and it's just like, it was such a good movie. And, like, and then we go to the new one, and... They tried to have some of the same humor in it, but, like, the tone is already so dark, and the humor just came off as, like, weird and bad to me with the yeah. Tom Cruise one, where it's just, like, they tried to make jokes, like, oh, yeah, like, with his, um, ghost pal coming back and, like, like trying oh, to help geez. him and not helping. And that was just I so... forgot about that. That was so badly done, and they tried to make jokes with it. It's like, oh, after all, I am dead. <laughs> it's like... This isn't funny. This is so out of place. <laughs> and then, like, they tried to do, like, make the mummy the mummy like really sexy and she was like stealing people's life energy through a kiss and it's just, like what why does she have to kiss people why can't she just to like, be do fair what all the other mummies did in the original <gasps> mummy he does kind of kiss suck no, the life out of people he sucks it out he stands but in front he of does... it and goes <gasps> there is a zombie kiss though where he has like monster mouth and then makes out with a lady oh he does have monster mouth that does that does happen and i'm gonna say this that original mummy, not a bad looking gentleman. Just no, he saying. was not. <laughs> no, no, he there's, was not. I will give there's you that. a reason he didn't wear a shirt, and it's not because he looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that you said that. But just it was it was all bad, and then like the main image was her eyes, but with four irises and pupils, and it's like that just doesn't work. That's just not no, how an eye works. 
it's just dumb. It's just it's, dumb. The whole like, thing was just stupid. And, like, they sold it as this, like, dark, brooding retelling of the mummy source. And now we're going to make the whole dark universe bring back all the universal monsters. And guess what? Because the mummy was so bad, it killed the potential of all those other movies. Yeah. Those movies yeah. are never going to happen because that movie was so bad. Because well, we tried to make it thing. so dark and brooding rather than making, like, a monster movie. In- well, and, th- and that's the thing that, like, is kind of happening now and why, like I said, it's a swinging pendulum. And why it's kind of starting to swing the other way and why all of these dark, broody movies are failing is that... No one wants to see it. <laughs> Yeah, and it's becoming so repetitive without any reason. It is like, the cliche of now. It used to be like, oh my gosh, that movie was dark. It's like, that's it's like special and new and nuanced. And now it's just like, can we not, please? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's that's the problem is that for at times there were good reasons to have these like darker movies and people were drawn to them because they were something unique and they breathed like some fresh air into a genre that maybe was a little stale. Um, but just doing that blindly without any reason is not, is not good. And that's what people started doing and why now these movies are kind of flopping. Like the DC extended universe is basically dead now, right? Like they're doing a Joker movie and they um, just want to take and just do one shot movies, which I think is better for them just to make one shot movies rather than trying to have a comp they're not going to be marvel they should try to knock it out of the park with one movie rather than just trying to make a whole universe yeah and like so i've actually been going through and rewatching all the marvel movies uh endgame with mandy well i know you know but our listeners don't necessarily they do because you've mentioned it on two episodes now well anyways um (laughs) what i'll give well for one thing some of the marvel movies are actually excellent movies surprisingly like there's like two that are like oh great so you guys actually just made an amazing movie good job um what two really quick what two it's guardians one and two are both just good movies i don't roll your eyes i didn't like two as much as i liked one gonna say that ah man i don't know i thought i thought the story beats in two were excellent but i did not like it as much as one I think that it had a much better message about what it means to be a family. Oh my and god! What it means to forgive. Well, guess people. what? Infinity War undid all of that. Did it? Yeah, because it's like, oh, we're now family. Now we're just gonna split up right off the bat. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, we talked about this before. Yeah, I don't want to rehash it. There were some things in Infinity War that made me less than thrilled. But the Marvel <laughs> movies, taken as a whole, for one thing, not cynical movies generally about being a hero, and most of the movies are usually them saving people. Yes, and, and that's heroic. the point of a superhero. The hero part. It's not sitting in a bunker going to like weird dimension and then fighting your friend who decides to hate the universe. That's not what a hero is. A hero is saving people. It's doing something heroic. Why are well, is the hero part left out of superhero movies? It drives and, me insane because I love heroes for the point of the hero part, not right, the super well, part. I don't give a crap the about the super about, part. That's like being like intellectual at you know I think ten years ago at this point really, but they're still just doing it in movies. Is to go like, oh, what does it even mean to be a hero? Like, good, good job. You can even write a the Guardians of the Galaxy um, saved people in their first movie. And yeah, they're, like and the they're rebels. Thing, the they saved it. the galaxy. <laughs> 
They could have just sold the Death Orb and been billionaires. And Instead, no. they're like, we have to save everything. Because, like, they just, like, turned themselves in to be arrested for the sake of, like, please, you have to stop this thing. You know, like, this is going to kill a lot of people. Um, <sighs> but, yeah, because they're heroes and that's what they do. But Yes, that's the, the hero The other thing part. I was going to say, like, from a quality standpoint, those movies at least make sense. Like, <laughs> And that's the problem is, like, and, you know, another good example of this is, like, the Transformers franchise. Oh, God. Um, which, holy crap, I don't even want to... Don't even get me started. Michael <laughs> Bay is the devil of movies. Of, he's the devil of cinema. He's very bad. He's, he's very the bad worst. He is the um, absolute worst. <laughs> but, oh, gosh, what was I saying? Yeah, like, at least the Marvel movies feel well thought out and, like, they're making enough of an effort on making a cinematic universe that it'll work. Um, there are times when it got clumsy and kind of you. You want to know what um how the Transformers did it is that they took every movie and say, "Hey, what's a MacGuffin device we can throw in this movie? Let's have them find that MacGuffin device." And that's every movie is them finding a different MacGuffin. Which I mean, okay, it's it's a little bit what the Marvel movies do. Just just a little bit. I mean, we had what we had are defined MacGuffins. They just keep making up new ones. (laughs) Um. But, yeah, I mean, just quality-wise in terms of, like, being able to make a movie, the Marvel movies and really Disney, just does a better job um, than whoever's in charge of DC, which is why these freaking franchises keep failing. And honestly, I'm really hoping the same thing does happen with Fantastic Beasts, just because it's like, gosh, it just has nothing to say. It has none of the heart. I'm drawn to it because I like magic you know how you know we've done episodes of magic and you know how much i love magic and then we're going into these mo- the freaking fantastic beasts too and i'm like oh man i can't wait for a magical adventure it's like why is everything so dark why is what why is this about child death and like um basically rapes like why why is this in my magic fantasy it's not really movie? basically it just is like and well, that's like, i just didn't want the fact sorry. that you're i just didn't want to just straight up say it on the podcast i know and hey, guess what's a really good indicator of what you shouldn't put in a Harry Potter movie? Something we don't want to talk about on a podcast. Because you're not going to handle it well. I enough. don't want to talk but, about it because this is like, it's horrible. And now we're just kind of making it trivial in this magic fantasy world. Exactly. And and that's where, like, I think it is important to say. I think it is a valuable and important thing to depict horrible violence in certain media. Yes. Because... If you don't have a story and a narrative around some of these things, it's hard to understand. Hard to understand, hard to relate to it. Yeah. Right. And there is a very good time and place to make a story about subjects like sexual abuse and rape and violence and kids dying. There are good movies and good books about those subjects. They're not taboo. But what is classless is making a Harry Potter movie and shoehorning these themes in poorly thought out that is less okay i'm glad you said that in a very concise like cohesive way that i could not have done because like i was just gonna be like just don't have it in my harry potter movies have it everywhere you can have it in other places i'm not saying don't talk about it i would never say that because we need to talk about it but is harry potter the proper place to talk about it 
Sorry, is shoehorning it into Harry Potter because it wasn't even like one of the main. It was the side plot that just like, oh, by the way, this happened. Just gonna stick that. Yeah, up it in was. Your it butt. was just like Blase Lee said. It's like it's really not an okay thing to just like, oh, and then this. It's like no, don't. There's a reason why people are not like Blase about this. It's because it's a serious it's thing a to very just, like, serious, bring very up. sensitive thing. You can't just throw into stuff. And I felt like it was right. throwing into Harry Potter, like Jessica yeah. Jones. The fact that that was what the whole first season was about, great. Yeah. Great. Yeah, but it took a season to talk about. Yes. You know, and it, and it wasn't a side point. It was the main point. Right. Now, I feel bad for saying that I hated Jessica Jones, but I still don't think it was a good show. But eh, eh, I mean, you, you're allowed. <laughs> you are allowed your, your opinion. <laughs> yeah. I like I Jessica Jones. Point, I haven't though. watched any of the second seasons of these Marvel shows. And it sucks. I watched the second season of uh, Daredevil and it. Just, oh, okay. Except for Daredevil, Daredevil, I've watched two seasons. Never got to the third. Didn't watch. Uh, I yeah, started you know the what? Punisher third, and it's just like, oh, we're back at gritty again. But then the Punisher's supposed to be gritty and all that stuff. But it's just, but that's just violence for violence' sake. And it's like I don't. I want to watch magic. I just want to watch a fun magic movie. Kubo. I'm gonna watch that um, this weekend. Jordan, it is so good. I need to watch Jordan. it. I've been like, is it still on Netflix? No. So, I have my parents' cable subscription. I am either going to hope it's on Hulu or I'm just going to have to go out and buy it. Yeah. Or, I mean, you can, well, yeah. I mean. Or um, we have a, a family video near me, so I guess I'm going. Oh, yeah. If you can get it from there. But it's. But it you have to get it Blu-ray because all the DVDs are too scratched up. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny. It sucks, um, dude. I hate renting movies because they're always torn up. No one treats their movies well. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of become a dead, like, thing. Yeah, know, like, but... Between Redbox and Netflix. I like having the... See, I still buy CDs sometimes, bro. I like having the actual physical copy. I mean, if I... have I, a whole mm, binder of actual comic books. When I know of places, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to get arrested, where I can read comic books online. For legal, yeah. Marvel, Marvel, that's I mean, legal. Yes, yeah, totally. Comicsology, like, yeah. I I like reading com. I I read some comics online. I do prefer to have the book for those because um, it's just having the paper and like. <sighs> yeah, well, and I mean, there's something to going back and taking time to appreciate the artwork when it's well done. Um. But gosh, I've really lost my train of thought now. I thought I had something to say. I didn't mean to completely derail us. <laughs> no, no, it's it's fine. Uh, oh yeah. Um, so the reason I like magic and stories, like going all the way back to Harry Potter, yeah, yeah, yeah. magic can be fun and it's popcorny to see people like throwing creative spells, and I appreciate that. Yes. But the moments of magic that I like are that they give away for the emotion of a scene to be manifested physically. Yes. So, um, like, let's say two people are having a fist fight and it's emotionally charged for some reason. A great example of this would be really badly done fight. And um, let's like take a fist fight that's emotionally charged for some reason. The one I was thinking of was Luke Cage. That one was kind of badly done. You're talking about the one at the very end, right? Yeah, I'm talking about the one at the very end, but... Even more so, I'm talking about the flashback where Luke Cage is scared to get hit. And that's like, he's working with Copperhead? Cottonmouth? No. I don't remember which snake Diamondback. 
Diamondback. Sorry, they're all snakes. Bro, it's like no, you're snakes. I'm the snake guy. I don't have to carry you through all of the snake things. What are your snakes? So there's like that back and forth with like flashback where he's remembering learning how to fight with his brother and then later on has to fight him. It's an emotional scene. The reason magic is cool is it lets that be much more expressive yes. of the emotion and the will of the two characters. So to me, a really good example of where this was done in a book would be Harry Potter. I like the message of at the end when Harry Potter and Voldemort duel each other, Harry Potter doesn't use the killing curse to kill Voldemort. He uses Expelliarmus, which is like this simple spell that he learned that disarms and Voldemort tried to kill him. And I think that moment, like, you know, you say in Deadpool, it's like, there's only like five moments that make you a hero. That was Harry Potter's moment was, do I kill Voldemort or do I disarm Voldemort? He chose to disarm Voldemort. And that's what makes Harry Potter a hero. But you got a big loud scene for him choosing a kind of less violent route, you know, but you could see that in a spell and in like the way it, you know, looked. Yeah. And I liked that. And in, and then it was like the fact that that rebounded on Voldemort was yeah, what killed him. Even the Harry thing Potter. is, it's like, early, like in the book, I don't remember if they pointed out in the movie, is like the reason that they knew exactly when they were like trying to fly away and get to point from point A to point B safely. The reason that Voldemort knew it was Harry is because all everybody else was using killer curses or other curses to stop the pursuers. He tries to yeah. disarm someone and it's like, oh of course only Harry Potter has that kind of heart where he wouldn't try to just straight up kill this guy. He just disarmed him. And it's like showing yeah, Harry, Harry Potter's Potter as someone was always, who always rises above killing. Right. And that's right. like the yeah, one yeah, thing that I like with these gritty thing. movies, it's just like we are perfectly fine with just murdering this person because they're bad. Yeah. So like the reason then that I like magic is like I said, it just like gives those emotional beats, this louder thing or like another one would have been uh, uh force awakens, like the fight with Ray and Kylo. Ren. Oh, where she like, closes her eyes and like recenters herself. Yeah. Like the camera moves and it, that lets it be this bigger magical moment. And I like that. Um, because there are, like, turning points that are relevant in people's lives. It's just they're a lot quieter, you know? They don't look like lightsabers. Right. But that's what makes magic cool. It's not how well it can be used to rip someone's arms off, you know? I like Game of Thrones, so that makes me kind of a head. Right. I was, gonna, I was thinking it, the but... same thing. We're just like, oh, geez. <laughs> it's like, we're talking about these gritty things. Like, one of my favorite things that, like, just came back on is Game of Thrones. And it's like, ah, crap. <laughs> have you have you seen the first yeah, episode? Yeah, we can talk about that after this. Uh, I, I just, all I want to say is, one, Samuel Tarly's face, and two, that whole first episode should have just been called Awkward. Right? <laughs> In every single way, every moment was just awkward. <laughs> uh, dude. It was, I think it's time to wrap uh, this up. It was. This has been a good chat, dude. As always. I don't want to wrap it up. I want to keep talking about magic. I mean, I don't have to go to work we can, tomorrow. We can, we can do that after this because we need to wrap it up. <laughs> like, well, I, I mean, just really quick before I go, like, I, you know me, I love magic. Like. Most of my favorite media stuff is like something involving magic. Full Metal Alchemist, Full yeah. Metal Alchemist, magic. Harry Potter, magic. Game of Thrones, magic. 
Um, Howl's Moving Castle, magic. Princess Mononoke, magic and industrialism. <laughs> Spirit of the Way, magic. Hey, you know, Princess Mononoke is a kind of brutal movie. Is, is that Ultimately, gritty? Is, is, about is how Princess every- Mononoke gritty? A guy gets his arm shot off in like the second scene. Remember that? Yes, his whole arm the part explodes. Where a guy's arms get shot off. It explodes off. off. It doesn't get shot off. It explodes and there's blood everywhere. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's gritty. Oh yeah, and then she like sucks out the poison. Like one of the most iconic images from Princess Mononoke is her with just blood all over her face. <laughs> and I was I was going to buy a t-shirt with that image on it. I was like, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> Isn't there a part where they kill God? Where they shoot off the spirit's head and then it turns into like <laughs> the devil and it's like walking through and everything's dying because they tried to kill God? Yeah. Okay, Princess Mononoke is gritty as heck. Yeah. But, but it's good. It's a, it has a good message. Yeah. It's colorful. Everyone's just trying to survive. Is, there's no bad guys. There's no good guys. Everybody's just a bunch of guys just trying to make it through. They're yeah. not bad for trying to, you know, advance and go through their industrial industrial stage. The forest people and spirits are not bad wanting to survive and not have their forest be cut down. No one's yeah. evil. The like evil lady isn't evil. And then the one guy, I guess, is the guy who shoots the spirit's head off is kind of evil because like he yeah. just wants money. But like and also, the guy that gets his arm shot off is probably not. A good <laughs> Again, his arm wasn't shot off; it was exploded off in a hail of blood. Sorry, I I love I just love that. Like first time I watched it, it's like, oh, it's gonna be that kind of movie, yeah. And I mean, then the like next big scene is giant poison pig, like trying to kill everybody. It's a very Dark Souls game or Dark Souls movie, right? Okay. I've had this problem. I, I started joking with my friends about it at lunch today, oh, where we were just like sitting around talking, and I kept talking about Dark Souls because I'm pitiful. Yeah. And then they were like bringing up something like, "Hey, you know what game actually had like some good like um, subtlety in the way romance was handled?" I was like, "You know what game that actually handled romance pretty well? Dark Souls. Dark Souls handled it pretty well." well like, Shut I mean, up. Dark Souls handled the love between a wolf and his master. You see the longing on Sif's face as he's fighting. Yeah, and you. then you kill the crap <laughs> out of that puppy. That, that, that is the, mo- the not movie, the game where it's like I'm walking through. It's like, wait, am I the bad guy? It's like I'm the bad guy, aren't I? Oh crap! I don't know. Do you kindle the bonfire at the end, or do you let the world end, Jordan? That's the question. You let the world end, bro. I kindled the bonfire. No, because you're just re- which I think is the you're right restarting decision. the cycle. Just kill it. Just kill it all. Jordan, let it fit the world. Let it fade into darkness world, and let it restart thousands and thousands of years later. Just everything needs to end. Nah, man, here's the deal. The world tends towards chaos for sure, but it is the effort of humanity that makes it not chaos. You kill you have to keep a trying. poor wolf pup. You're always losing. You kill a poor dire yeah. wolf. You had to. There was no choice. I just wanted to pet it's I wanted to nice, pet him and he came pleasant. at me with a sword. But we all have to try to make the world make sense, and that's what kindling the bonfire does. You're just making an effort. That's what everyone has oh, to gosh. do. You just became the next. There, there's just you are, yeah, you're, guy you're that's in the fire. You, you are the fire wheel. Flamekeeper? Yeah, flamekeeper. Yeah. There's just another guy that's going to come and kill you and keep the world going. Because yeah, he has to cycle. Man, I just wanted to pet Sif, and he came at me with a great sword. And I was like, okay, never mind. Well, sorry, puppers. Did, I mean, I got he's mission. such a cool boss, but it's so sad. It's so sad. He's also kind of he's kind of an easy boss. Oh too, yeah, you know I what mean, I mean. It's like 
he's not the challenging one. It's like you feel bad the whole time. Like, ah, oh, shit. Like, yeah, you. This isn't you even hard. Wreck this poor wolf who is just longing for his master. You wreck him. Completely wreck like, him. Like you're definitely not meant to wield a sword, and I can tell. Yeah. Dude, oh, he's so cute, though. I love Sif. I, I really do. He's he's a he's a he's a good boy. He is a good boy. All, all he wants to do. But anyways, yeah. So this episode was <laughs> talking about gritty worlds. Like really, more or less, we talked about what makes a hero a lot like what is the point of hero movies um and just it was a good conversation like i love talking to you because clearly you (laughs) know more than me when it comes to some of this stuff but uh no i just am more capable of bsing my way through these conversations i guess i guess that's a thing too i took a whole bunch of humanities classes in college it's like i mean i I, i did not i decided to take music in the movies and um religion through american history where my teachers like hey i want to take humanities <laughs> they oh, were both no, amazing classes oh my gosh the first one music in the movies was great like learning about i would have fun in that class i don't know that it's like oh no i am in uh, no 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 okay. i am more but of a human you know what this. it wasn't that it was definitely i had fun now i know more about music and movies and like yeah like the, listen, now i actually listen to the soundtracks and how it like pertains to the movie and just seeing like like kind of figuring out why they made certain song choices like oh it's like we needed to have this rising moment and then boom this sad thing happens <laughs> and they yeah. definitely back up a lot of stuff using music and it's amazing this i'm long-winded as always crap jordan i think i've talked 90 percent of this episode it's okay it's <laughs> see i'm i'm trying to oh i am gosh, trying to friend. dial it back dude anywho it's been fun we will oh sorry plugs cody where can we get you at check me out at the wandering gamer network we play dungeons and dragons uh we also play other rpgs it's a good time yeah you can check me out at something i guess zero zero at um twitch.tv almost forgot where i was at um you can find us on twitter um as soon as we figure out this whole podcasting thing we're having issues with whatever don't have to go to that but as soon as we figure that out we will be on more platforms so this will be a lot easier to hear us than the anyways not gonna go into that <laughs> but <laughs> not gonna it's let's just say it's been rough recently um but yeah so you can check us out right now on twitter itunes and podcast garden but we'll we'll yeah, and either way, if you Google the Wandering Gamer Network, a Wix site is going to come up. That's going to have a link to an episode, hopefully, that isn't yeah. broken. Or it'll at least be pointed to yeah, so, a good so, episode, so look so. at the Wandering Gamer. Very least, we're, there's we're that. Gonna, we're, we are planning to spread out. I want people to hear it because, you know, what's the point of talking for 50 hours if no one's going to listen? I like my friends. I mean, I do like, actually. This is a great hangout time with me and you. But yeah, um... I'm going to be doing some more interesting streams, a little bit more art, some more um, Gundam building, um, probably more writing and reading stuff since we're going to be doing something. We have exciting things coming up for this podcast. So anyways, check us out. Talk too much. Bye. (laughs) Smooth Ed Jordan, as always. I hate you and I know you hate me. Peace. (laughs) Uh.